Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is KJ Live. With Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson. You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show was a five-time NBA All-Star. The first winner of the John R. Wooden Award. One of the most classy individuals that we all have ever known. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome my dad, Marcus Johnson to the show. What's up, MJ? Well, I thank you for that uh, <laughs> that positive introduction. All good, classiest guys. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take all of it. You well, know yeah, that. you know, so. you, you, you've always been one of the classiest guys, and everywhere I've traveled around the world, man, whether it be basketball journey or wherever I was, and and people got wind that I was your son, Marcus Johnson. They just have this thing about you, brother, all over the globe. It's ridiculous. People light up. They remember you. They love you. And they, 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 they always talk about how you represent yourself. 
I want to know, MJ, about how your week started, because I know that we were supposed to find out some very important information this week, some very important news from some very important people. Talk to me. Well, I, I, I'll let I'll let this recording kind of do the talking initially that we can follow up and talk more about it. So this is how my week started off on Monday. Let me let me cue it up here. And here we go. Hi, Mr. Johnson. This is John DeLiva at the Nation of Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame calling. I'm sorry to call and tell you today that you did not receive the amount of required votes to be elected a member of the class of 2022. However, you remain eligible uh, for future consideration, but I did want to reach out to you and let you know that, um, unfortunately, uh, you did not receive the number of votes necessary this year. Uh, we will look forward to your consideration next year. Uh, and I wish you well. Take care. All right. So that's how my week started. I got that phone call. Now, it was interesting, Chris, because I was actually doing one of my recovery meetings um, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, this call came in about 945 uh, that morning. And so when the, when the uh, name Springfield flashed across the screen, I knew what it was, but I didn't I didn't. I didn't answer. I stayed in my meeting, just trying to get my head right. Didn't know which way it was going to go. You know, mind kind of racing at that point. Did I make it? Did I not make it? Is this the year? Is this not the year? And so I said, well, I'll listen to this message after the meeting is over. Now, I don't know if your phone ever does this to you, but sometimes my phone delays voicemail messages for hours. Yeah. And well, so, you got to clear some memory up on your phone. Your memory. Okay. So, yeah, well, <laughs> up, clear the memory, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got. <laughs> I got, some apps. Got, I got hey, delete I, some apps on that thing, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got all kind of issues going on, and, and you know, I've got like, you know, I, I can, I can tell you right now, I've got, uh, let's see, it's 83, 63 voicemail messages and thirty-seven some kind of <laughs> something else. But I'm, I'm, I'm going. Let me go to the, uh, <laughs> to, to the. Uh, I think the, the emails is something like, I don't know, it's it's th th like up to oh, about 30,000, 30,000 sure. right now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, so I didn't, I was not able to retrieve the message from this gentleman who has called me in the past. This is my second or third time, I forget, okay. uh, getting this phone call. But the but the point is I couldn't find, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't retrieve the message. And so I thought maybe he didn't leave a message, but I thought that was really unusual. So my mind is going to work. I got one of those minds. So it's like, well, maybe because he didn't leave a message, maybe he wanted to tell me the good news in person. Maybe he didn't want to leave, you know, the the the, the rejection message, message like he's done the last couple of times on a voicemail. So I'm That's thinking, well, well, because of that, maybe I, you know, so I'm going all over the place with it. Wow. Man. And then, but then finally, so I tried to call the number back. No answer. Called it back. You know, I get obsessive. So called it back about 20 times <laughs> during the course of the day. Like I'm, I'm going to catch you one of these times. Uh, no answer. Not really twenty, maybe five or six times, but, but still obsessed. But still obsessed. I want to. I want to find out. I want to know for sure what went on. So finally, that afternoon, uh, about four or five o'clock in the early evening, uh, I looked at my voicemail messages, and that message popped up. That number popped up. Then that's when I actually listened to um, the rejection message. So uh, it was just. A, it was just a kind of a weird day. But um, hey, you know, it is what it is. For the great ones like yourself. People that have really cemented their place in basketball history, okay? Because you have. 
and you can talk to your peers. You can talk to anybody that knows the game or had followed you. There's no question you're one of the greatest to ever play the game. Why is it so important to receive the validation of the NBA, of the Basketball Hall of Fame for you? Well, I mean, actually, it's really interesting. Um, one thing that I realize is that you're in there uh, with. Well, well, no, but, but with the passing of my mother, your grandmother. Yes. Uh, grandmommy, my uh, mother, Medea is what we called her when I was really young and I got embarrassed about how country sounding that name was when I was about six years old. So I went diametrically opposed to that polar opposite to, to mother from Medea to mother. Uh, uh, the six uh, the kids were teasing me in the first grade. Medea, what is that? Where y'all? Where y'all yeah. Anyway. So the thing that I realized, uh, Chris, is that, you know, when she had her stroke October 17th and was at um, Daniel Freeman Hospital out in Marina Del Rey, I'm sitting in the emergency room with her. She's teetering on the brink. The, the beeper is going on. Sometimes it's the, you know, elongated beep that gets me thinking that maybe it's over with. And so one of the things I'm doing with her, man, I'm praying with her and I'm praying like an old country Louisiana Kazee preacher. You know, that's her side of the family. All these Kazees, my grandfather, Abe Kazee, my cousin, Richard Lee Arthur, they're all great preachers. And my mother's all, my grandmother and my mother will always say, you should, you should have been one of those preachers. And, and so we'll get more into that later. But I tried to do everything. They say, well, you know, God, God is calling you. But like, well, I got the phone off the hook. You know, I'm, I'm doing all kinds of stuff not to answer. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I'm in, I'm in the room with her, right? So I'm preaching. I'm like, come on, you got to hold on. You got to hold on. We got one more trip to make. We got a trip to Springfield, Massachusetts to make together. You came with me to Milwaukee a couple of years ago to get that number eight put up in the Raptors. We got one more trip to make, my dear. Hold on. Please hold on. And she would like lift her hands up in a semi-conscious state and say, hold on, hold on. And so this is this is the interaction between her and I in this emergency room when she's, she's teetering on the brink between life and death. My point is, is that she died January 5th. And it's almost like I wanted to have her experience me being selected as a Hall of Famer. That was so important to her. Whenever we'd have a conversation about it, Chris, I'd always tell her, I'm cool with where I am in my life. I'm almost 20 years sober. I got, you know, real solid relationships with most of the people that I'm close to in my life. Um, you know, I, I love what I'm doing, my job, uh, the, 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 the creative stuff that I'm doing as, as a writer, as an actor, as a broad, you know, all that stuff, man, I'm so cool with right now that if I don't make it, I tell her, you know, I'm okay. And she would always say, don't put that out there. You know, you're going you're gonna to make it. This is going to be, she was always so positive. You know how she was. So my point is, man, is that, that I don't really feel like I need the, I mean, t- trust me, if it happens, I'd be ecstatic i'd be really happy but i'm at a point now man where you know my initial reaction when i got this phone call was actually like you know i need to you know i i wouldn't even be objectionable to saying you know take my name off the ballot you know i mean that that was my initial reaction now your brother josiah uh, josh some other people have talked to me since and and they're like, no, no, dad, don't, you know, don't, don't do all that. Don't do all that. That's well, just but what's their good. point? I mean, what's the point of saying well, no? Because just, think about it like this. If there's a lot okay. of, there's a, there's a humiliation associated with your name being on the ballot for 30 something years. You feel like every year they're just going to 
put you up, make, name your finalist to say no. So I don't, and I'm not going to say there is humiliation. I'm going to ask you, is there some sort of like, you know, I won't call it humiliation, but it's like, eh, they put you on the ballot every year and they don't ever select you. And it's 30 years down the line. Will you ever well, be selected? Like, did you do something to Jerry Coangelo? Like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> well, outside of sweeping the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs, year, Walter Davis wasn't looking to get oh, over me. And I, I, I hope he forgets. I hope he's forgotten about that. 20 and 16 outside of that. Jeez. No, no, no. No, but, 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 so, yeah, it's funny you say, I mean, so first of all, I mean, how long have I been on the ballot? I mean, I just found out that I was kind of eligible to be on the ballot. It was maybe 10, 15 years ago, 10 oh, okay. years ago, maybe. Okay. I'll, I, I just thought so I, since you retired. Okay. You're right. You're yeah, right. Okay. They don't, they don't automatically put you on. You've got you're right. to, you're right. You've you're got right. to apply and, 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 and send in your credentials and, or it was this whole process that I had to go through just to, to get on the ballot. So I, so I, you know, I didn't even, I waited around, I retired around 1990 ish or so. <clears throat> so I waited around 15 years and, and was wondering why I never got any consideration. Well, you, you, you have not because you asked not. And finally, somebody told me, it's like, no, man, you got, you got to call him up and say, look, I want to be placed in nomination. And when you do that, they send you a form. They have some people that look over your form, make sure that you're worthy in terms of what you did. Five all-star games in 10 years, 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists a game, blah, blah. First team all pro, you know, one of the top five in the world. My second year in the league at 22, 23 years old. So, so they were automatically like, oh, yeah, you're more than worthy of being placed in nomination. So it was, that was about, uh, about, about, 10, 12, about 10, 12 years ago that that happened. And so in the process, I've been a finalist. I want to say this is my second or third time. I forget. But um, and, and, and so it's not so much the humiliation. You know, to me, that wouldn't describe it aptly. It, I don't you know, it, it's more like you feel like you're at the mercy of people that you don't know if they have a good sense of what you really did as a player, if that makes sense. I'm not sure who the voters sense. are, well, who, who the voters are, what, what their context is. It pre-Michael Jordan, there was no real basketball being played or do they give the short trip to well, that era of basketball? I don't, I, I don't, I know, don't, I don't know. know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the case because they all, they, they, year to year, they put in guys, you know what I'm saying, from your yeah, era. Right. So I don't think that's the case. I really, you know, and I've had this conversation with other basketball people about you specifically not being in the Hall of Fame. And it's sort of one of those things like they're bringing up, there's a uh, Sean Marion the other day got in trouble on, I believe it was the Twitter spaces. He jumped in on a conversation and brought up the fact that his career totals were at something like 21,000 points, 11,000 rebounds, and he gets no talk of Hall of Fame. Yet, Chris Webber career totals 17,000 and 8,000 boards. Yeah. You know, everybody's pumping that up, and they're talking about Chris's career averages and this and that. I think a lot of it has to do with who your contemporaries in the league were at that time and how people are judging you against those guys. And so I think there's a disconnect somewhere with the voters and actual data about how dominant or how, or the impact that you had on the game. Okay. Well, a couple of points to that observation. First point, uh, my second year in the league, and, and you know this by road, I, you know, I averaged 25.6, shot 55%. Um, one of my 
advanced analytics was one of the tops in the league. I don't know if it was the, 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 the you know, re replacement player thing or the war thing. One of them was like up there, one of the tops in the league. First team all pro. Uh, bump Dr. J off the first team all pros. Me, Elvin Hayes, uh, I think George Gervin, uh, Kareem or somebody, Moses Malone or somebody. I forget the other guys. Okay. That was my second year. And so I was on a trajectory. George Gervin and I and we'll be free. We were the top three scorers in the league. We had conversations together on one occasion, <laughs> sitting up, you know, doing what we do, talking about who was going to lead the league and scoring that next year. Who was going to, and I'm like, I'm coming with 30. So y'all better be bringing 30 or better, right? So this is, the, this is the mindset. And so I'm 23 years old. I'm coming off of 26 points a game. Going into my third year, uh, Don Nelson, the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, brings me into the office, sits me down and says, MJ, uh, great year last year. Before this, this is before my third year. Uh, you know, what do you think? What are you looking forward to, to, to this year? Something to that effect. I'm like, I'm playing on an average of 30, coach. I'm, 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 you know, that's going to be my goal to get out there, shoot, you know, good solid percentage, 55, 56%, and average 30. And he's like, no question in my mind that you can do that. I know you can do that. That's the score is not a problem for you. But here's what I want you to do I want you to average between 20 and 21 points a game, seven rebounds, play solid defense. And that's kind of the vision I have for my team with Brian Winters and Bob Lanier hadn't gotten there yet, but we had Junior Bridgman and Sidney Moncrief and, you know, just a lot of guys that could score, you know, between 15 and 18, 19 points a game. And so my quandary was, well, do I accept this request? Do I ask for a trade? Do I just tell him no and, 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 and rock the boat? But you know me. My dad was a coach. I played for Willie West at Crenshaw High School, the greatest coach in, in, in high school basketball history, who was also in the Hall of Fame nomination and should be in the Hall of Fame. Played for John Wooden. You know, ten, you know I've, I've got great coaches in my background, and I always respect to a certain point. And Don Nelson, I respected a lot back in those days because he helped me a lot um, um, just, just with the little work that he, he put into my game. Helped me go from, you know, 20 points a game as a, as a rookie to 26 with a adjustment in my jump shot and so I went along with it now so that's 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 number one so so the point total it's funny Eddie Johnson I did a, did his uh serious radio show and uh he had the uh he had the he brought up the comparison stats Chris oh uh, yeah Marcus I was looking at me and you head to head and guess who came out ahead when we uh when we matched up like the 15 or 20 times we did I actually outscored you by three tenths of a point or whatever it was. And so I didn't get into the context of what like Eddie, look, you know, I was asked to not score. Were you asked to not score? And the other point that I that I should have put up with him. And I, so after that, I looked up me and Larry Bird. And we played against each other like, I don't know, 14, 16 times. And some of those games were with the Clippers when 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 you know my 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 deal was way off. But I think I outscored Larry Bird in head-to-head matchups between just me and him. So anyway, so that's number one. I mean, so so the point total. So instead of just under 14,000 points, if I'd have been allowed to let my natural sure. scoring proclivity manifest itself like it was on the trajectory to do so. You easily get another 6,000 points. You easily easily 20 plus. Easily. That's, that's, that's 20,000 points. Okay. That's number one. Number two, I got hurt, you know, at uh, 30 years old. November 20th, 1986. I would just turned 30. So I had another five years 
you know, I had another. You never know. Back then in the league, you guys played a little longer too. You know, adjustment to games, five, six years, seven years maybe. I'll take that. I could have been one of those guys who would have gotten traded to a contender after a couple of years with the Clippers and, and, you know, come off the bench and average 15, 16 and be that guy for another five or six. You know what I'm saying? I mean, very easily. So you never know what could have happened or what might have happened. But the point is my career was cut short. So I played just about 10 years. So everything I did, five all-star games in 10 years, is based on a 10-year period as opposed to, I think, the official amount of years because I was actually on the Clippers active roster two years I didn't play. They give me 12 years, which is, which is, be- which is beautiful for – for, oh, for pension, pension, but actually I only play. So, that, so that's always my response to that. But Hey, you know, like it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, but I mean, it's a very intriguing conundrum. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we don't get to hear from, you know, the guy that's being rejected. We always hear from the guys that have made it and, and have reached the pinnacle, but it, it, thank you for sharing sort of where your mindset is at with this NBA Hall of Fame thing. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount+, Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay, authenticity, guarantee. You'll feel it because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's a head-turning pair for hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after. When you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts, not just any expert, sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when Blue Checkmark represents on our listing. eBay Authenticity Guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. So when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay Authenticity Guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for times. I had a question, though, while you were talking about that. When you, George Gervin, World Be Free, you know, that era of the 80s, that era of basketball, it's 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 been a lot has been said about it. You know, like, like, look, let's talk about this for a second. Winning time, the HBO series, they're depicting, yeah. they're depicting sort of this wild, wild west kind of a, a wild, wild west. That's sort of a, an interesting thing because Jerry West has been, you know, the, the butt of all this negative, yeah. the negative depiction. But was it really like that back then? MJ was the league in the 80s really, you know, dominated by drugs and just a lack of organization and just craziness throughout or is that a lot of this what they're showing us on winning time and the things we've heard is there a lot of sensationalism going on was well, a combination of both man it, it was definitely a period um in this country in the 80s uh where cocaine use starting in the late 70s through the 80s and probably even to today, from what I understand. But uh, it kind of exploded. I mean, Snowfall was real. <laughs> That's what I like to say. That, that the, the series Snowfall on FX that I love, talking about my boy Saint. But but that, that stuff that was going on in the 80s, the CIA just, you know, pouring cocaine into the inner cities of, of, of Los Angeles and Detroit and all these places and taking the money that the that that was made and then and, and buying uh arms for the for the Contras or the Sandinistas or whoever was was they were supporting back down in the I mean, that stuff was real. That Oliver was, North, that Ollie North. It, 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 straight Ollie North. It was it was straight <laughs> Maxine Waters, who was a dear, dear uh mentor and friend. Uh, her her son Ed and I have been best friends since uh, 1968 at Audubon Middle School. He's the coach at Crenshaw right now. But she she brought it to the forefront Back in the 80s when it was happening, but everybody thought she was just, you know, chicken little, just just, you know, just trying to make excuses for for the weaknesses of the black community because they couldn't stay away. I'm telling you, man, where I where we where you grew up, where, where we lived in the View Park, Windsor Hills area. I mean, I went to school with, you know, Ray Charles's kids and I could. Look, but, you know, man. It was real. 
snowfall, that whole dynamic. And, and to that point, I know of a lot of players, look, that I got high with back in those days. I know coaches, Chris, that have admitted to me long after the fact that they were doing cocaine back in those days. I'm not going to name any names, but there's been coaches that I know. We talked about this, that we're doing cocaine. So that, 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 that just gives you an idea. Now, everybody wasn't doing it. I mean, there were yeah. some guys that were able to do it, not do it anymore, didn't like it, turn it down. I've got this wiring, this addictive mindset, obsessive mindset type of wiring that, that serves me well. It makes me want to um, do everything I can, go overboard in terms of working out to be the best. I mean, it, it, may, it drives me. It's a perfectionist mindset. So if I'm in college and I go 12 for 15 in the game, I'm not celebrating the 12 shots I made. I'm just fiending on the three shots I missed. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's it's a different kind of a, it, and I, I'm sure you can relate to that. But it, so so it makes me work out harder. It makes me just want to get to a certain place in in my professional. But also, there's the dark side of that. That 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 needs to be fed also, if that makes any sense. And so, drugs, alcohol, the ability to not have to feel a lot of that pressure that I put on myself to be a perfectionist, to be one of the best. The drugs and alcohol anesthetized a lot of those feelings and, and made it so that I could, I could, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I could exist without driving myself crazy is, is probably the best way to put it. And the beauty of this is that we're seeing with the opioid crisis with this gentleman, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for the Foo Fighters and, and, and what happened with him peace. down in, in Bolivia. He had what, 10 different drugs. You know, we're seeing that this is this is not an issue that was just oh, um, no, 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 an, 80, an 80s issue or 90. This is something that continues to plague our society. I'll, I'll say this about the 70s, 80s and, and the 90s to a certain extent. You know, it sort of set the, the foundation for today because you have so many people that are curious nowadays that have, you know, in my generation, you know, I. I a lot more people use cocaine than you you could believe in my generation. And I was always yeah. shocked to find it out that so-and-so was doing it. And, and it was doing it. People were doing it back in when I was in college. They were doing it to be yeah. pro overseas. And it's been throughout. So this so but you just don't know because it's one of those unspoken things. Like unless you're right. getting unless you're getting down, you really don't know who is getting down unless you get right. down, too. And so it's one of those things. And, but But I think. At the end of the day, it's remarkably fascinating it's a remarkably fascinating discussion to talk about what if what if the a drug that was is proven to hamper physical performance wasn't being taken at the time what would your career might have looked like do you ever think about that or reflect on that no i mean i i don't because like i i mentioned to you what i did at the point in time that i did it where my where my head was mentally at that stage of my life, I mean, how do I art articulate this properly? But you know, I, again, it was it was something that was done to, especially when you cross what we call the invisible line of recovery. Now you're getting loaded because 
not because you want to recreationally and having a good time, but because you're, you know, you're addicted. And so you're, you're, you know, you've got this, this monkey on your back that you got to feed on a regular basis. Um, but at the same time, you know, you just don't know. I don't know what might've happened. And to me, the point in speculating on what would have happened if that were not a part of things that were going on, it's been a big part. See, I grew up in, I grew up in, the, in an era, Chris, in the 1970s early were Superfly, The Mac, all these movies. I mean, drug use, cocaine. Glorified, glorified. Was, Curtis was glorified. Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield. It, it was glamorized. And what you, what you idolize, it comes from the glamorization of those types of deals. And again, everybody didn't do it, but I had this really fertile imagination. So you saw pictures of me going to my prom with your mom. I, I was Superfly. I was The Mac. I was that dude. I was bringing little. T I was I was bringing a little tin of licorice flavored snuff I hate, I hate that you. I bought that I bought at Donna Donna Michelle's boutique uh, on, on Santa Barbara Boulevard, now King Boulevard. But it, it was it was it was it was no, it was no narcotic whatsoever. It was basic harmless snuff. But I go to Crenshaw High School. It had a little spoon attached to the tin, Chris, and I take out the little white powder. I sit in the back of the class, <laughs> and I and I do I do my I go through my superfly thing. I can I, can I tell you something? Can I can I share something with you that this to show you how stupid we are as individuals? Okay, so you're doing that. So listen to this. When I'm in Atlanta. And when I was in the eighth grade with my mom, we're down, we're down there living with Glenda and her. And we started we started off living in College Park in the hood, living with her sister and her right. kids. So we there and I'm going to, you know, Ronald D. McNair kind of in the hood named after that uh, astronaut. I'm going to school right. with like several members of the band Escape. They were in my remember Escape, the band. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Candy yeah. Burgess and all them. So, so I'm just trying to set the stage. This is who's in my class. You know, it's hood stuff going on. So I get involved. So a lot of the kids in my class were selling dope. We're selling uh, weed. Right. So, so I had, I had the bright idea, you know, I wanted to get in on the game. So I started, I, I, so Glenda in her bathroom had these things like, I guess, potpourri. Okay. But that yeah. stuff. Looks that like, look like weed. <laughs> <laughs> so I started filling them with bags, like little dime bags of potpourri. Oh. <laughs> I got to take it to school. And dad, that's part of the reason I was kicked out of that school system down there too, because it was like a body of work. So it wasn't the right. inciting incident. And we're, that's another podcast, but it wasn't that exciting incident that, that you remember that got me kicked out. It was the body of work, having yeah, to get caught right. with this stuff and this. But 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 the glamorization of it, that, yeah, that yeah. the rap music, what, what I grew up on, rap music videos, right. they were glorifying this. It was glorified right. to be having your your pants sagging, selling dime bags with a wife beater on your hat to the back. That was what folks was really looking up to. Well, I'm listening to Nas. If I rule the world, he's talking about you know. The cocaine and sell, you know, cocaine is not un uncut. And bricks are raw. Bricks are raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so that gives young people who have a proclivity for that kind of thing just a little bit more of a of a push to go into that kind of thing. And it's funny you mention that because at Crenshaw, when I was snorting this snuff in the back of the class, this one brother Tommy, I won't say his last name, but. He was, a, he was one of those fast dudes, had brothers, older brothers that were, that were into the life. And so he saw me doing it. He's like, you're like, yo, Marcus, let me get some of that. I said, yeah, man, go ahead, man. He took a little two. You know, he's like, oh, man, this this nice, man. This nice, man. What can I get some of this, you know? And I didn't have the heart to tell him Donna Michelle's boutiques for like, for like 50 cents for the, for the, for the canister. <laughs> but, but, but I look back on it, Chris, and it wasn't but the grace of God. I mean, if I'd have got caught doing that, 
I mean, I was a star athlete at Crenshaw. Sid Thompson, the, the future, future superintendent of the schools, was our principal. He probably would have had a little leniency on me. But you know what I mean? It was just by the grace of God that that, that kind of thing didn't blow up in my face. But the point is, I idolized those movie characters that I went to the Baldwin Theater Saturday afternoon matinees, watching Superfly, watching the Mac, watching all these hustler type uh, uh, black exploitation film uh, uh, protagonists. Watching, and, and, but, it, but the message was always good because they were always going against the white man. They was always trying to overcome what the, what the corrupt police department. So it was all about corruption. They weren't the only ones that were doing corrupt stuff. They were usually battling a corrupt system and trying to make make a living and earn a living within a corrupt system, even though it was not the right way to go about it. So anyway, yeah. No, that's, that's some great points. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Clippers because you posted something the other day and yeah. this was, this was an interesting kind of a dark time. Well, it could be looked at a couple of ways, but for me, it was sort of a dark time when you got traded to the Clippers. I was happy on one end that you were home. So that part of it was like, oh man, my dad's back. But then the other part of it was you were with LA's other team, the Clippers. You posted the losing time, Tales from the Graveyard. It was an image with <laughs> the, the, the NBA graveyard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Losing time, Tales from the NBA graveyard. And I had a kid on here who was a diehard Clippers fan. His name is Dime Dropper. So he has no, he really is not in tune with what happened back then or how you guys lived and how you guys practiced. For our younger listeners, just talk about just the stark contrast between ownership styles of a Steve Ballmer and a Donald Sterling. Well, and so then you got to throw Jerry Buss in there too, because that's, that was and a Jerry contrast. Buss. And, that was a, and that's, Jerry Buss. That Jerry was Buss. a contrast for us, but how he was taking care of the Lakers. Buss versus camps, Sterling. Training camps at Santa Barbara resorts, Hawaii, MGM plane flying the games on first team. They have private air travel. What we were doing when I got to the Clippers, we had training camp down in, in hot ass Pomona, Cal Poly Pomona. Um, you know, and we, we were staying at, and this is no exaggeration. This is actual truth. It was either, it was, it was either motel six or econo lodge, but it was one of those little, not the Econo Lodge. It was wow. the Econo Lodge with with the paper thin walls and everybody parks out front and every you know it was that's that's that was our housing practicing at at, at Cal Poly Pomona. Our practice facility during the season was at the Wine Guard YMCA on on Central and 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 Century in Vermont. That was and it was a, it was a brand new Y. It was actually pretty nice, but 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 inside, um, you know that's the deep heart of South Central Vermont and Central. Right. But, but 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 the court, great floor to jump off of. But one of the rims was probably nine, <laughs> nine, nine and a half. No, serious, nine feet. The other rim was about nine and a half feet. The rims weren't ten feet. Not the but, low rim, dog. The real, the, but the, not not just the low rims, but the super low rims, the crazy low rims. This is where we're, this is our practice facility. Donald Sterling at that point, he had at least five or six, maybe more lawsuits against Norm Nixon, Don Cheney. Uh, I believe Michael Cage, but over $500 moving expenses. Norm, I, I believe, moved from San Diego with the Clippers to mm-hmm. Los Angeles, moved his stuff up, build the Clippers, $400 to move his stuff up. Petty. Donald Sterling took him to court. Petty. Yeah, Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Well, he had a, he had a, he had a, just a bevy of attorneys on re- retainer. So it didn't cost him any more money to, you know, file a lawsuit. Instead yeah. of paying you $400, i will pay you $200. Okay, let's settle this. It's going to cost me more to, to, you know, 
So it was, it was that kind of mindset. And so just coming into that, not only that, I mean, my first Christmas uh, with the Clippers, we were at Donald Sterling's Malibu house where he had his white parties. And this wasn't a white party. This was a regular Christmas party. But he had a Santa Claus there. And so we're all, I had my, 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 my black suit with the red pinstripes, black shirt, red tie. I mean, I'm sharp. And the uh, media relations guy, Josh, I forget his last name. He was a ball boy for the Lakers back in the day. So I've known him for a long time. But he's now the media relations guy for the Clippers. He's like, Marcus, uh, we need you to sit on Santa Claus's lap. I'm like, Josh, fuck you, man. I'm not sitting on Santa's lap. I'm, I'm a grown ass yeah. man. What are you talking? He's like, yeah. Marcus, I'm going to lose my job. Donald's going to fire me unless I get all the players to take an individual picture with Santa Claus. And so I felt for Josh. I went over to Santa, sat on his lap. I, I think I, I took his hat off and palmed his head. Good Wish job. I could find that, find that picture. I think I palmed his head and gave a little, little, little sarcastic look. But, but I did it. You know, but that was just the that, that was the, uh, the guys coming into the locker room after games, looking at our private okay, parts. That part. So so that part, is what, <laughs> that part. No, 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 no. That part, because you hear so much that you hear so yeah. much. Did you at any time feel like Donald Sterling was racist or had racist tendencies? Or did you feel like at any time that, you know, you guys were really being treated in some voyeuristic type of you know, in type of fashion where they would the owner ownership group comes in after the game. You guys are showering, then they're just staring, looking around at your dicks and shit like that for for thirty minutes after the game. Did that re is that real stuff or is this sort of I don't know? It's just like, dude, why didn't nobody say nothing? Why didn't nobody say nothing at the time? Because of the bread. Well, I mean, who you go say something to? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. You know. um, and it wasn't like they were touching you or, or, or making yeah. overt kind of passes that they were just oogling and looking and just yeah. happy to be there, you know. And, 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 and I remember Donald Sterling uh, in the in an L.A. Times magazine interview that he did back in the 80s. And uh, they asked him if he thought of uh, his players that were on the Clippers as his sons. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, gosh, no. I think of them as like racehorses. If they yeah. get injured, then, then one gets injured, you replace it with another. So in terms of actual just blatant, overt racism, that wasn't the feeling. But when you look back on it, Chris, it was this abject humiliation of an atmosphere that was created where you never felt like you were appreciated for the, the, the gifted elite level athletes that we were back in those days. Now, Derek, Dr. Buss, on the other hand, he made his players feel appreciated. And he showed them that appreciation through how he paid them, how he treated them, uh, their travel, first class this, first class that. Yep. And so that made not only them want to play for him, but also made it easier to attract free agents to come in because his reputation was so, excuse the pun, sterling, you know, in terms of how he treated his player. Oh, absolutely. It, and I mean, so that's why I got a problem with, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the winning time. And look, John T. Riley. He's doing a remarkable job playing John C. Riley as as as, as Jerry Buss. He's not Jerry Buss, dog. That is He's not, not Jerry not at Buss. all, bro. At all, that is not at Jerry all, Buss, bro. Jerry Buss had a level of humility. Look, yep. I used to see Jerry. I used to see Doctor Buss on several, on two or three occasions. Not several, two or three at at the at the bridge. And this is you know, the bridge is built later. I'm not even sure if he was still ownership of the Lakers. I forgot what his position was, but he'd come in there with like he come in there with like. <clears throat> 15, 20 of the most South Central little black kids that you can imagine running all over the place. You know, he's by, and I said, Dr. Buss, what's, you know, Dr. Buss, what's going on? 
you know, I said, hey, hey, Marcus, yeah, no, this is something that I do every weekend. I take a group of kids from this one particular uh, spot. I don't know if it was, I, I, I forget where it was exactly, uh, a boys club, maybe the, one of the boys clubs or something in the inner city. But he would do this every weekend. He'd take them to a matinee and, and, and treat them to, you know, popcorn, you know, just show them a good time. But, uh, and nobody ever knew about that. That was the, the never publicized, but, but that's who Dr. Bus was. And that's why, and the other, but, but the other side of Dr. Bus, <clears throat> we're hanging out at the Troubadour nightclub uh, on Melrose, one of the hottest spots in LA. And it's me and Warren Moon and James Shaq Harris and, and all these top notch local athletes of the day. Dr. Bus walks in, Chris, with two of the finest blondes you've ever laid your eyes on, about 20 years old. And he's in his 60s, maybe then 50s, 60s, whatever he is. He comes in with the open shirt, the jeans, and the sport coat. So the, so the blondes come in and they're and they're being sociable. They're talking to all of us. And we like, you know, we, we're doing our thing to try and get numbers and all that. And as soon as he walks out the spot, they just drop us cold. Like, oh, Jerry's leaving. We got to go. Boom. And we're like, hey, hey, wait. Well, come A, come yeah, A, owner money is a little different than player money. And it's B, all, yeah. And they, they, them chicks knew what time it was. Look, the reputation, look, Dr. Buzz was the Dr. man. Buzz okay. Look, 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 when I was, dog. I was night when I was 18, 19, uh, or I was young. I can't remember the age, but I had a babysitter. I don't know if you remember, but she was she was dealing with Dr. Bus. And okay. I would hear about all kind of stuff about Dr. Bus and these parties, but just how nice of a man that he was. Right. And I have it and this thing with winning time, dude, like this whole thing about Jerry West really bug, bugs me. Like I yeah. get portraying someone as complicated and, and, you know, has a lot of demons inside of him. But I feel like this portrayal of, of West, or at least in the, first, in the early part of the series, was unfair. I knew he was somebody that you looked up to as yeah. a youngster. And you Still to, do. It's usually, but you're a big, I mean, I remember being young. You talk about Jerry West making, um, what was that? He made the, what, what shot did he make back in it the finals? It. Yeah, sixty-three footer uh, against the yeah, whatever. But I just remember, I just remember, I just remember you telling me the story of that shot. Well, yeah, but it, but that was just that. But even with that shot, then it's more the he got the nickname Mister Clutch because you watching him on local TV in LA. Chick Hearn is doing the broadcast. I must have watched him knock down. I'm probably exaggerating, but it doesn't seem like it. Fifteen to twenty game winners, <laughs> you know, that send the game in overtime. The wins jumpers at the jumpers in the last three seconds, five seconds at the but he was he was a guy that just never missed that game winning shot. And so growing up in L.A., Elgin Baylor, because of his hang time and his athleticism and, and great spins, all that. I mean, he was a guy I really related to. But I idolized Jerry West because of his ability to, to step up in the clutch and hit, hit those game winners the way he was capable of doing. And so I got to know him. You know, I've got to know him a bit over the years. And to me, again, I'm, I'm on a different level because of who I became as an athlete, NBA, all-star and all that. So I'm sure he relates to me differently than some other people. But he's always, Chris, been one of the most self-effacing, kindest, nicest. I just saw him this past season. I took a photo of him and that and that red clipper sweater. So I can't get used to him in red, but he's still my guy. But but he but you know, we I told him that grandmommy had passed away. We played the uh we played the the clippers whenever that was, I forget what in February, whenever it was. I told him my mom had just died. And he sat me down and he talked to me a good, we didn't have a lot of time, five to seven minutes about how when one of his parents died, how he felt, how long it took him over, to, you know, just just spent time with me. And I just so appreciate over the years 
uh, uh, Jerry West. He was actually going to sign me with the Lakers when I was, uh, after I'd hurt my neck. My boy Malik and I were working out every day at, at UCLA. I got in great shape. And the Lakers had an open spot around 1986. And I got hurt, uh, 1987. I got hurt in 86, around 1987. And he was going to sign me, uh, came down and watched me work out. Uh, but uh, I believe that the Clippers had a, had, a, had a spy in the mix that came and saw me work out and asked me what I was doing working out so hard. And, and my boy Molly kind of let the cat out the bag. Yeah, Jerry West is interested in Marcus, man. They go, Lakers go sign Marcus. And then the Clippers, who were really open to allow me to get out of my contract with them, uh, they they reversed course and, and and would not allow me to get out of my contract. I believe they found out. I don't know. I don't know how, what, when, how it went think, down. But do you think you you would have been signed by the Lakers and finished your career as a Laker that that it would have bolstered your chances to get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, but you know, I, look, you know, God willing, I got this shirt on for a reason. Like inshallah, 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 inshallah. Whatever God's plan was, it happened. So you don't know. I could have got to the Lakers. You know, I, you know, I, I just had went through the the drowning death of your brother uh, in 1987, Marcus Jr. Um, um, uh, in 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 May. I mean, you just don't know what might have happened. This might have been 1988. Tony Campbell was the guy that wound up getting signed by the Lakers, so it might have been 1988. You can you can see when he won. They won a championship that year. You know, the forum was right by the Inglewood Cemetery where your where your where your brother was buried, and I was there at his his grave site when the Lakers won the championship and everybody comes storming out of the forum. I'm sitting there at the grave site watching all the excitement at the forum, but you know, just, I mean, it was one of the, you know, one of the most down moments of my life, just watching that, knowing that I could have been a part of that championship. But so anyway, but, 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 but I don't know, man, headspace, maybe the pressure of being a Laker would have gotten to me, you know, and uh, maybe who knows, I, you know, I, drugs may have become a, a factor in that situation. You just don't know. I don't know why it didn't work out like that, but I got to believe and trust that there was a good reason behind it, behind it not working out, even though at the time I was pissed because I, I really wanted to play with magic because I love magic, man, always have. Yeah, I can imagine, man. I can imagine it. it I, I definitely think that you're at a stage in your career where you could have really contributed. If Tony Campbell or yeah. some of these roster spots are the names of the guys, then you could definitely could have played that role and excelled in that role and potentially won a championship. But it's always it's always fun to sort of look back on what ifs. You know, this our basketball culture nowadays, everything's based really on that, and they do that a lot. Yeah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount+, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. You'll know when you get it. It'll say eBay, authenticity, guarantee. You'll feel it because when it comes to your feet, eBay has your back. Maybe it's a head-turning pair for hooping or a hot new collab. Whatever you're after. When you cop on eBay, you can trust that your kicks will be checked by experts, not just any experts, sneaker experts who live and breathe the culture. Real people with real hands-on authentication experience. That's when Blue Checkmark represents on our listing. eBay authenticity guarantee, meaning every inch, stitch, sole, logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. So when you finally step into those grill kicks, you'll realize the feeling is unlike any other. And with eBay authenticity guarantee, the feeling of real is always within reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. A couple of days ago was the 30th anniversary of the f- release of White Man Can't Jump. A movie that you started as as Raymond and had one of the, I truly believe, steam ceiling, steam scene stealing scenes of all time. Scene <laughs> yeah. stealing scenes of all time. No, that character is talked about everywhere, everywhere we go. Growing up, since since that movie dropped, people know you better as Raymond than they do as a five time NBA All Star. Talk first of all. I want to know about the inspiration behind the character and. If they're doing a reboot of the movie, yeah. And if not you, who do you think should play the role of Raymond? Wow, that's a good question, man. Um, well, I mean, the character Raymond Dickens was based on uh, one of the first guys to go from high school to the pros, a guy by the name of Reggie Harding out of Detroit. 
Uh, he was a guy that you heard um, uh, this one particular story uh, when you first got into the NBA, how he went into a neighborhood liquor store with a mask on to rob it at seven feet tall. And the guy behind the counter said, you know, come on, Reggie, man. I, you know, I know that's you, man. Reggie supposedly said this ain't me. And that was kind of how the story went. And <laughs> so when I first saw the when I first saw the the dialogue, the way it was written by by the great Ron Shelton, uh, before I even auditioned, I knew exactly what they were basing the character on. And so uh, when I went into audition with Ron Shelton and Wesley Snipes, I, there was a part in the um and the in the in the in the partial script they give you called sides that talked about uh, Raymond pulls out a blade, and so I went to your grandfather's barber box. He was a master barber, my dad Jeff, and 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 got one of his razors, straight razors, and and practiced for like a week on opening up that thing with one hand because I saw well, like that cool that cool move with that back in the day, like like what is that from the yeah. West Side Story? No, that, no, that, that 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 particular move I saw a movie called JD's Revenge with oh, Glenn JD's Turman. Revenge. <laughs> and this one actor, it, I don't think it was Glenn Turman. It was, it was, I think it was uh, just the original JD or something. But this one actor, uh, I think he was also in um, uh, the Five Heartbeats, playing the barber, and then run and, and when Robert Townsend goes to this guy for, and uh, his uncle. Or oh, when you talking about this work, this work at the post. Oh no, it, well, this act they have a good heart to heart conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it was that actor. But anyway, he does this move with this this one-handed move with this straight razor that I thought was the coolest thing in, in the world. You know, you glamorize, you know, what you idolize. You know, you glamorize, you idolize. So I saw the way he opened up that straight razor. So boom, this is what I'm going to do in this scene. So I went into the, the, to the audition, having practiced that move, I got to that part. I pulled out the straight razor out of my pocket from grand, grandpa's barber box, sharp as, sharp as the, the board of health, this razor. And open it up with one hand. I'm chasing Wesley Snipes around the office with it. You know, motherfucker, I'll kill you. Nigga, I'll motherfucker, I'll get you. know, and acted all just crazy and ghetto and stuff. <clears throat> and so then Ron Shelton's like, okay, cut, cut, cut. You got the part. You got the part. But when we shoot this for real, leave that fucking razor at home. You're going to kill somebody with that. Kind of, like, kind of, kind of laughing. And Wesley Snipes is like, yeah, man, I don't know what the hell you doing. What the hell you doing, man? You know, and so, uh, but I got, that's how I got the part. But, 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 um, it's one of the greatest experiences of my life. Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson. I mean, you know, I run into them, especially Wesley, uh, um, over the years. And 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 that's always going to be a, a bonding thing for me and and Kevin Benton and, and Dave Robeson, my teammate. We play golf together at Pinbar Golf Course over the over the years, two or three times a year. I mean, so Nigel Miguel, I mean, all the guys that you knew and grew up with, you were in that movie. You had on the green baseball hat. With the with the gray sweatshirt, right at the at the uh, the big park, yeah, Jets hat, Jets hat, and a warrior sweatshirt. You were at that movie, and then and then my nephew, your cousin Carlton, is like watching the juggler. <laughs> they need some cute little, you know, you know, cute little kids to kind of watch the juggler, and he's like one of the kids, kind of what. So you know, we 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 parlayed that as, as well as we could in terms of our family. I never forget, um, in between takes my uh, hanging out with Rosie Perez. So she just took uh -oh. a like, she took a liking to me, you know, I'm 14, 15, you right. know, she took a liking to me though. And so every single time she had a break, we were over there <laughs> talking. I was sitting there talking to Rosie just oh with, about whatever does, but you know, I'm young. So it's that right. innocent conversation, but I made sure to kind of stay close to Rose. And it, that experience was amazing because just to be able to see, like how movies are made, the magic yeah. behind it all. And you just to be on a set and understand the process. And then did, were there any, I guess, was there any negative feedback 
that came out of that role? Or like, did people not understand like how good of an actor you were? <laughs> or did they think you were really like that? I know a lot of dudes, man, like, like I, like my basketball peers that d- didn't know you was like, man, I see why you so crazy, Chris. I'm like, dude, it's a role. I'm like, dude, it's a role. My dad oh, is not really funny. like, but everybody, yeah. but the dudes would be like, Chris, I see why you so crazy. Your daddy, man. Yeah. I'm like, dog, that was, yeah. he was acting, bro. Right. Right. Well, well, and the funny part about it, I actually started to, to, take a really powerful acting uh, class under Rick Edelstein, who was Barbara Streisand's acting coach and then Anna Marie Horsford and then, and, and, and Hill Harper and all these great actors he's worked with Antonio Vargas, uh, Pat Morita from Karate Kid, all these guys started under Rick Edelstein. And so I'll, I look at my scene and I know after working with Rick for the 20 years I was with him, I'd have done it differently. You know, instead of, I'm gonna go to my car, get my other gun, come back. Yeah, I'd have been like, I'm gonna go to my car. I'm gonna get my other gun. I'm coming back. I'm shooting everybody's ass. I'm shooting, you know, I'd have done done something different, you know, at the time, you know, and what I did worked, but but I look back on it now. But, 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 you know, for me, um, the one thing, a couple of things, Lewis Price, who used to sing with the Temptations, he played the King and Duck with Freeman Williams, that final scene. Lewis Price, and I was just thinking about this this morning. He came to me after watching my scene, or, or I forgot when, at what point it was, but it was actually before I did the scene. And his suggestion to me was to not curse in the scene. Mm. Don't use curse words, no profanity. Mm. And it was the craziest suggestion in my mind that he could bring to me. And I'm like, you know, fuck that. You know, this character is perfect. But looking back on that now, you know, I wish I would have taken another look at how to play that scene, play that role without all the motherfucking this and you know, all that, which is okay. I mean, it is what it is. But the other thing, Chris, is that Mark Gottfried, your assistant coach at UCLA, after the movie came out, <laughs> he came up to me, Chris, and said, Marcus, me and my wife saw the movie and we prayed for you. We prayed for you, man. We just, you know, we got on our knees and just prayed for you. And I was like, Mark, man, it was a character, brother. That's all. I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's just, it's a character. It's 180 degrees different, but I understand what he was what he was saying, and a lot of it had to do with the profanity, the language, what was being projected on the screen. Again, you know, you you, you idolize what's being glamorized, and so I think he was coming more from that perspective than anything. So yeah, it was some some interesting. Um, uh, it got some interesting receptions for people, but but for the most part, everybody kind of understood that it was. I mean, I got I got nominated for an ESPY. Uh, that yeah. year, that was a year. That was yeah. a year that uh, that Shashevsky. They helped uh, you know, Vital help Valvano uh, up on the stage, and I'm sitting in the front row, and uh, one of those kinds of deals. So yeah, oh, that's awesome, man. Um, I don't know about Gottfried and the prayer thing, like not understanding, <laughs> not understanding that you know that shit ain't real. Like come right. on, bro. And regardless, yeah. regardless, like there's been worse stuff. But anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. But staying on the acting front. Were you watching the Oscars when Will Smith walked up to Chris Rock and slapped the shit out of him? Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. What was your initial thought on that? And and now that we know a lot of the details behind it. Right. And we've read people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coming out. And what did Kareem say? I, I haven't seen Kareem's. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> that that Will embarrassed the black community. It's just a bunch of stuff, okay. a bunch of a bunch of sort of your generational type ideals that I'd expect to hear from, like Bill Cosby and these type of folks. <laughs> this new generation, like my generation, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, 
we're not here to give a fuck about what they think. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like a different yeah. type of thought process, caring versus what they think versus not caring what they think. Right. I want to ask you, as someone from that generation, and, and what do you think about that? And do you think that what Will Smith did was an embarrassment to the black community as a whole? Man, um, man, that's a good question. You know, I, and I think it's hard to take what he did out of the context of what's it, the red table, the round, what's this thing? He and Jada. Red table talk, yeah, red talk, uh, table all talk. All their business has been put out there. Did she mess around with his son's yeah, boy? She, yeah, she, she messed around. Know. She messed around with a young boy, yeah. You know, if you can't not leave out the context <laughs> of where this guy's mindset is dealing with this woman. Now, we both know going through relationships with women, you know, when you get sprung, <laughs> it's, it's no telling hey, what you might do. Hey, you, so walk you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta look at it from, from that perspective more so than just Will Smith, actor, respectable guy. He just, now Will, Will has got some tumultuous type of, of, of emotions going on in this relationship. This was, I thought, and I'm just playing pop psychologist here, but his way to get some brownie points. Cause you know, when he, when Chris Rock first made the joke, We'll kind of laughed at it. And then you see Jada and she just, you know, and I told a friend of mine, like she might've told him, oh, he need his ass whipped. <laughs> so, you know, she might've said that under her breath. You never know. Oh, he need his, oh, he need his ass whipped for that one, you know? And so Will, hey, you know, oh, I got I got a chance to, you know, get some brownie points with my, with my lady and, and, and show her that I can be as hard as Tupac, who was a good friend of hers back in the day. You know, I, you know so he's got a whole lot of stuff that he's trying to live up to. And it just manifested itself with him walking up to Chris Rock and doing what he did. Now, do I think he could have handled it better? Yeah, sure. At the at the whatever what did Puff Daddy say, the gold party or the Vanity Fair party, wherever he was going to see him later, you know, maybe that was a more appropriate time to do that as opposed to in front of two or three hundred million people around the world watching this thing, probably. But at the same time, I understand. <laughs> do I agree with it? No. Do I understand where he was coming from right at that moment? I understand completely. I'm not mad at him. You know, he came out with the apology and the Chris Rock and the apology and this and that, which you're supposed to do after the fact. But he got caught up in the moment. Who, you know, <laughs> who, who of us not have gotten, you know, caught up in the moment? Kareem got caught up in the moment when Kent Benson elbowed him the first game of our rookie year, my rookie year, <laughs> 1977. Kareem took one. Kareem like double over and then turned. And I'm guarding Jamal Wilkes. I don't see it, but all I hear is. <laughs> And I turn around and my boy Kent Benson is stumbling and Kareem's standing over him. Get up, motherfucker. Get up, motherfucker. I, I said, Kareem, he's not getting up. Back off, man. He's not getting up. But Kareem had this look like he want, you know. So my point is, does make Kareem a bad person? No. He just, you know, at that oh. moment, he retaliated over what he perceived to be an injustice. Will Smith retaliated over what he perceived to be an injustice on a national stage. Just like that Laker game, not as national as games are today, but it's a public, you know, it's a public forum where people say violence is never the issue. This America, we, we our, our whole history is we, we you know, we assassinate who we don't agree with. That's the part. Uh, yeah. That's the part that. So you know, as we continue to dive into this subject, it's the part that that really is just yeah. uh, is amazing to witness. Just we're talking about America and people are talking about a slap and calling it violence and violence is an issue, but you're talking about the country with the greatest military budget in the history of mankind. So yes, it is yeah. always an answer. It's just not an answer when you don't want it to be like, and yeah. think about what, they, think about 
the January 6th incident, when you didn't have just a universal, just, you know, decrying yeah. of that thing. And people died. People actually lost their lives. Yeah. People right. getting crushed, lungs bursted. I watched the right. whole documentary. It was a legitimate thing. So my thing is like, let's not just, let's not pile on and generalize this incident right. that Will Smith had with Chris Rock as an embarrassment to the black community. And that's what I see a lot of people posting. So you have like people of other races, white, Latino, Asian, yeah. post posting this thing Kareem said, it's <laughs> sort of a thing of look black people. This is how you making your people look. Nah, man, we got to stay away from that type of language, that type of thought process. Because if we started doing that to other races, then they're going to call right. us racist. Then we're getting well, called out. Well, and, and, and then you're also, I mean, you're, I mean, people are individuals. And Coach Wooden, Coach me, Coach Kareem, he used to always say, you know, he doesn't treat all his players the same because they're not the same. And so Will's reaction, you know, sure, you like a, a, a you know, a, a unanimity of, 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 of response in that situation, but his reaction was his reaction based on the context of his and Jada's relationship where his mindset was at the time, you can't leave that part out of the total picture. If you do, if you do, you do it a disservice to it. The other quick point, Chris, is that, and it, it reminded me of uh, the Spreewell, uh, PJ Carlissimo choking incident. But you know, uh, you know, whatever. I wasn't there. I don't agree with it. Whatever. But I would hear one of our producers shortly thereafter. He just went on this soapbox saying how there's no place for violence in sports whatsoever. You just can't do that. There's no place for violence in sports. So I said, John, what about hockey? He said, well, no, no, hockey's different. The fighting in hockey, that's kind of, kind of, you know, that's, that's a different thing because that, that's kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of baked yeah, into, you know, yeah, that's whatever. bullshit. That's bull it, it, it either is or it isn't. Yeah, there's, it no, is. it, you know, there's no exclusions to the no violence rule. You're going to let yeah. hockey players beat the crap out of each other. But, yeah. you know, so anyway, it, it, so that's kind of, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, no, but it, it truly was a shocking moment. And whatever Will Smith was going through, whatever he, you know, was thinking, these are consequences that he has to deal with and only yeah. he has to deal with. So if you can live up, if you can <laughs> eat the charge for whatever you do, brother, like, that's the, on you. Yeah, If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Right. Facts. Absolutely <laughs> not. So, Absolutely yeah. not. But man, hey, MJ, I appreciate your time today, brothers. I, I'm sorry about the Hall of Fame, but I thank you for for opening up, sharing uh, that voicemail, and giving us some insight into what's going on. Also, appreciate you being so transparent about the yeah. '80s and, and you know your 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 recovery. That that's that's truly fascinating. Well, and I'm always going to be that, especially now because in this 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 era that we're living in, with, again the opioid crisis, especially in the Midwest, with 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 people other than African Americans. Now people are are getting a real true sense of of the scourge of drug addiction. And I went through it, Chris. And so for me, again, I'll be 20 years sober in, in, a, in a few weeks to be able to come out on the other side of this man and, and, and to have my life be the best life that I've ever lived. Yes, the Hall of Fame would definitely be the cherry on top, but if it doesn't happen, I'm still gonna eat the Sunday. The Sunday's still gonna taste good, bro. Sunday gonna be good, strawberries, whipped cream, no cherry, I'm fine with that. Ladies and gentlemen, Marcus Johnson.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.